Hello everyone, I am Ali, my pronouns are she and her, and you are listening to Speak Up Brown Girl. So here at Speak Up Brown Girl, we are amplifying the voices of women of color all over the country, covering topics like mental health, intersectionality, and many more. Uh, today's topic is PWIs. And if you're wondering what a PWI is, do not worry, I'm about to tell you. A PWI stands for predominantly white institution. While traditionally referring to colleges, the term is now used for elementary school, grade school, all of that, sometimes even neighborhoods. Um, and recently there's been a lot of attention on PWIs and how it affects people of color. So today I have a very special guest. I went to high school with her and she, I'm actually just gonna have you introduce yeah. yourself. Hi, my name is Tani. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a 19-year-old Indian American artist. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And we went to high school together. Um, I, was a f I was a few years older than you, but we, we did cross paths, which was awesome. Uh, we both did theater, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. We crossed paths through shows and yeah. through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So... I have very specific memories of my time at Granite Bay. What was your yeah, experience? Uh, specifically to the theater department itself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that like I necessarily played any brown characters. I think the characters I play are inherently brown because I'm brown and I'm perceived as brown. Um, I don't know that like directly I played any brown characters, any South Asian characters or anything like that. Um, but like there are two sides of it. It's like the one like I was like, wow, wow. Like I'm like one of the only people of color and like the only brown woman like on stage in like a 50 person show and like realizing that and like processing that. And then when things would happen at the high school or in life or you just like wanted like culture or community in like a first gen experience or anything like that, like realizing that like I have no one to, talk to about this who gets it. I just have kind people who will potentially extend enough empathy to me to, to try to understand, but they can never fully understand. And then there's also the side of like, so badly wanting to play brown characters and not getting the opportunity to do that. And like seeing like monologue books and being like, well, there's no like, Indian monologue book like I didn't find one for me like um and I I didn't have like shows that I could pitch with like one brown character where like you know like it didn't it didn't fit the cast it didn't fit the community it didn't fit the directors um and like craving craving for your story to be told so deeply but knowing like it wouldn't happen properly in the place you were and then also feeling isolated within the fact that like when there's one of you, there's literally one of you. And you're like, okay, there's one of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that feeling of you're like, oh, I definitely am. I'm, I am the elephant in the room sometimes. Like, yeah. Then it, it's super isolating. Yeah, you're right. I totally, I totally get that. Now you said that you never were able to find, you know, like an Indian monologue which is so true because there's there's nothing there's nothing I can never find one about like about the Filipino American experience like it's so hard but did you ever find yourself like auditioning for a part wanting to audition for a part and then you're like I cannot because this character is so explicitly white that I know I would not yeah. have that um, Did you ever I have think that experience? more so than like specifically just in the theater program of Granite Bay High School, I more so felt that in the community of like doing like community mm -hmm. theater in this area um, and just like doing different things there. Like the feelings of, I like had this random memory um, that I just like hadn't thought about in a really long time. And it was what, when I was going to seventh grade, I auditioned for High School Musical the Musical, yay! But like, I, <laughs> I like saw everybody else who auditioned. I auditioned, I tried my best, like I was young, like skills were what they were at the time. Um, but like my mom reminded me that I came home and was like, I can never get it. And she was like, why? Like, did you do badly? And I was like, no, I did well. Like, like for what I could. And she was like, 
then why? And I was like, I don't look like a Gabriella. And she was like, why don't you, why don't, why don't you look like a Gabriella? Um, and I like, it's just like, it's weird when like, also like kind of like wanting that to be like explicitly stated, but it also shouldn't need to be explicitly stated that anybody can play anybody. Um, so yeah, like the feelings of like, oh, like maybe I won't like look right on stage or even siblings when they want to cast siblings and they like want, um, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Obviously the same way, like when two love interests have a height difference that works really, really well for whatever the blocking is or whatever the person has in mind, or if one person has to pick up the other and their heights work for that, the same way, like it is aesthetically pleasing to have siblings that look like siblings, but does that change the root of the show when you are already having an audience that has to acknowledge that they are under imaginary circumstances? No. Yeah, yeah. But also like the other way is what I realized too, because I mean, especially with shows like that are supposed to be for like In the Heights, for example, it just came out in theaters, right? And I'm not gonna lie, like if Granite Bay tried to do In the Heights, I would, I would write because that is specifically for people of color, specifically the the Latin community, right? But like if they did, I I already know because this is this has happened. They would cast two brown people, even if they are ethnically different, as siblings, just because they're like, well, you both have some melanin in your skin. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a very strange and, uh, like interesting thing. And I, I hope that no one at Granite Bay would have the audacity to try to put on In the Heights with the current demographic of Granite Bay High School. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hope to God not. (laughs) Um, yeah. 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 There was a year he tried to put on West Side Story and I was like, I don't think that should happen. (laughs) yeah because like first of all like you're doing you're doing a disservice to the integrity of the story and you're doing a disservice Mm -hmm. to your students that are further tokenized in a very primarily white school um by asking them Mm -hmm. to step up and be the spokesperson of an experience that they could or they could also not resonate with like you can be like latin and like not resonate with in the heights and not resonate with West Side Story and like being put into a Mm -hmm. position where you are to speak for that community and you are the studying that the community does. Um, I hate the idea that like, yeah, we didn't really do our research for the show, but we have two people of blank, like people of color of some kind in the show. And that is our research because they'll tell us if something's wrong. No, no, that's not how it works. Like people cannot be your research. Every single person has to do their own research. And that can include talking to people from a community, but that cannot be Mm -hmm. like all of your personal research cannot depend on other people's experiences. Exactly. Yeah, I told, yeah, it's, it's, it's such an interesting spot to be in. And like, at least I, I know that when I was there, there was like this sense of like, that was my value. And that's where I saw my value. I was really hard for me to break out of that. I, like, I saw myself, as, I was like, oh yeah, I already know I'm just gonna be the token brown girl. And like, I knew that like, man, I wish I was white because then I could do this and this and this, but like my value is here because of X, Y, and Z, you know? Yeah, no, and like that's, it's just like an unfair situation to be in. Like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's talked enough about. Um, I was, okay, I was talking to my Pakistani American friend um, recently and uh, she's like 27 and uh, she was just talking to me about like her first love experience and different things like that and she was like yeah I had my first love like very late in life and we were just like talking about so this is common in like the queer community too people like talk about having like a second 20s or having their 20s and their 30s or like just like having Mm -hmm. a delayed childhood because you have to like like Ali had to realize, oh shit, no, like I am like worth that. Or like, I am worthy of like that love or worthy of standing up for myself or worthy of doing the things that every other person does with all the audacity in the world without even thinking about it twice. And like, it's almost like a delayed like experience you have, like once you like let yourself 
be like, mm, no, like I can do that too. And I have every right to do that because I'm a human and I deserve respect. Yes. Um, so yeah, yes. we were just like, kind of like talking about that experience of like realizing that you've held yourself back from things because someone or some things or structural things have like also like reinforced that you are not, shouldn't be a part of something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then there's like the whole, there's the whole, like, you know, you look in a mirror and you're like, this isn't, this isn't the beauty standard, this. <laughs> and like, we're not, the, we are not the beauty standard. And like, I, the, that, that type of experience too, growing up where you're like, oh yeah, like, I'm not a white blonde girl. I'm not part, I'm not going to be able to be part of this like popular crew that all these guys are dating. Like my first, my first kiss was so late in life. Like my first boyfriend, I'm like, wow, everybody's like seventh, eighth grade. And I'm like, I was a sophomore and that's still not even that late, but I'm just like, wow. Yeah, it like, is. It's the feeling of like a delayed, like rebellious phase, a delayed childhood, a delayed et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because you don't even know that those things are of outlet to you. And you have to realize that whereas other people know it's of access to them their entire life, whether yeah. that be like, oh, like yeah. I deserve love. I deserve to audition for whatever I want. I deserve the job I want. I deserve that. Like, yeah, having to unlearn is such a difficult process, but absolutely. No, I totally resonate with that. Yeah. yeah. I actually should have asked you this in the first place, but did you grow like born and raised in? I was born and raised in, okay. in California. Um, my parents were both born and raised in India. So I'm first gen. Oh, okay. Okay. For sure. Were you, but were, have you always been surrounded by mainly white people or have you been growing up? Did you, were you able to grow up with around like a community? Yeah. Or? Um, so school wise, yeah. um, yeah. School wise, like elementary school, very much so. Um, middle school is an interesting experience mm-hmm. because I went to middle school in Carmichael and I think that was one of oh. the most productive decisions that happened. Um, it was a very, very like, I had a culture shock coming to Granite Bay after that because like the socioeconomics of my middle school were like slept in your car for the last four nights versus like mm-hmm. going to a private school at some point. Um, and uh, that also included like a range of like lots of different people with lots of different identities and experiences. Um, but yeah, Granite Bay, primarily white institution. Um, like all to the point where like I, I currently go to a PWI, but like I am so like, oh my God, there are people of color here. While like my peers are like, we're still at a PWI. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. Like you don't understand what Granite Bay was. Like this is so like exciting for me. And they're like, still at a PWI, we're still outnumbered. And I was like, but, but like, this is such a step for me that like, I'm so excited to like, like, yeah no to see other people like and be like you share something with me you know yeah 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 so now you say you still go to a pwi but there's more people of color there okay so when you i mean i assume you interact with them when you met them did you did you find yourself like having to not necessarily change the way you you were talking because I know the way I present myself my friends of color are like what are you doing like you're so white I was like I'm I'm not though you didn't Um, I so like I don't know I think that's a very personal like the arc of a to me I think no matter who you're with, if you are with people that you share a value or comfortability or identity with, you will Mm -hmm. act a little like more unfiltered or more like yourself. But like, I'm not into the idea of like changing how I talk for anybody or changing how I act for anybody. Mm -hmm. And like, there was a point in middle school where like, I took you're pretty for an Indian and uh, Mm -hmm. oh my God, like brown the outside, white on the inside. Like, ah, like I had like, a white best friend tell me because she's like very smart and excuse me I'm also very smart um I'll give it to myself um but like she's like haha I'm more brown than you are and I like laughed like I was like yeah um like oh it was such an interesting time in life but like I really took like like you're you don't even act brown as like such a compliment 
Um, and uh, yeah, now like now I'm in a very unapologetic space. Like I don't change yes. how I talk in front of anybody. Yes. I don't change what I say in front of ever- anybody. Um, and like, yeah, my my brown friends like if anything, like I slip out a little bit of Hindi when I talk and like, I just like use like little terms of endearment in like our language. Mm-hmm. If we share a language, because not every person of color shares a certain language um, because it's, there's more than one. Um, but yeah, like, but I don't, yeah, I don't change the way I act because I try my hardest not to let myself act inauthentically in front of white people. That's, that's, hey, you know what, like, hats off to you, because that was a really hard, for me, that was, like, a really hard thing for me to unlearn, is, like, because um, I, I code, I know I, I code switch, I'm very aware of the fact that I code switch, like, the way I talk around my white friends is uh, very, I talk, I, t- I guess, valley girl sounding, um, the way I talk around my, like, yeah, like, I'm just yeah. like, hi, but, like, if I'm around my grandparents, they're just, like, my Filipino friends, I, I, sometimes Tagalog comes out. Sometimes I speak with a Tagalog accent or like a Filipino accent. And um, when my friend, my white friends and my like Filipino friends mesh, they're like, my white friends are like, what, what is the sound you are making? And they're like, no, that's just, that's, I code switch. I code switch. Like, and that's just like, the thing. I don't, I don't think anyone should like, blame code switching on themselves I think it's really good to be aware of it and like Mm -hmm. also like Mm -hmm. nice to recognize that like code switching is also something that happens out of safety and out of comfortability so like you can't like just be like oh like I hate that I'm so inauthentic like no if you're doing it for your safety like it's okay to code switch and you don't have to be mad at yourself about it but also like getting to a place where like the people that you choose to have in your life are people that you feel yourself around no matter what that is like you dress like yourself or you talk like yourself or etc etc yeah um so we talked a lot about theater and we talked a lot about granite bay and uh, this is this is you don't have to answer this i totally get it if you don't but was there ever a moment in your childhood where you realized you're like oh i'm different like my, I was in eighth grade. I know eighth grade. I was eight years old, and a kid was like, "You're the color of poop." And I was like, "I was like, what?" And then I looked in the mirror. I was like, "I am the color of poop." Um. Wait. I was just thinking about this because I was like, uh, uh, like people of color like don't like being just called like food related terms like chocolate and like caramel and like other things like that. But I'm like, I'm like yeah. so much more down with like latte or chocolate or coffee colored than I am with poop. Um, so my experience was kindergarten. Um, like there was like, there are a couple and I'm sure there are a bunch of repressed ones that I don't remember. Um, but like one very particular one, um, from someone who goes to Granite Bay or went to Granite Bay. Um, cute, right? Uh, we've never acknowledged this since, but, um, Clearly her parents didn't teach her what race was. Um, So she was a first grader, I was a kindergartner. Mm -hmm. And um, she asked me like, why do you take mud baths? And I was like, what? Like, I didn't know what she meant. Like, I was like, like what? Like in kindergarten, you're like five? And she was like, why do you take mud baths? Like, why do you guys take them? And I was like, like, I, I had no idea what to tell her. And I like came home and I was like, mom, like we don't take mud baths. Like, I know that for a fact that like, I bathed with water um and like that was weird and then I also had my my whole like your food stinks like my uh also like uh like learning how like horrible you've been to your immigrant parents just because you wanted to fit in is like such an experience and I'm like I need to apologize for so much because these people work their asses off just to like provide a life for me and then I was like I don't like your food. People make fun of me. Like on top of all of that, but like there was like a good like couple weeks of kindergarten, first grade where I was like throwing away my food. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's handmade, really good for me, yummy Indian food. I was like throwing it away because like people just kind of like didn't understand it. It smelled and like different things like that. And then like 
I got in trouble because like it was found out that I was throwing away my food and um, like then vegetarian chicken nuggets became a thing and I started like Americanizing the food that I ate and like also like for such a long time like I was so like scared to tell people like I'm even vegetarian because these like chicken these vegetarian chicken nuggets that I ate like they also taste like crap but like they they also made me like one of them you know what I mean it's like one more thing that I have in common with other people yeah that's a big one food is food is a really big one that I feel like definitely will shape a childhood and you don't realize it until you're older oh yeah um absolutely because it's just like when you're little it's like the very little things like you don't like ask deep personal questions about each other's lives but you notice the food you eat you notice the clothes you wear and you notice whose parents are picking up who like that's truly what you notice at that age yeah exactly yeah absolutely um yeah and like just like learning like tiny things late like I I like uh, now I'm remembering a bunch of stuff but like I like like asked people like to tell me like they're like Christian stories of the Bible because I didn't know them. And like a ton of people, like white, especially white people around me were like religious. And like, I like had to like pull aside like um, a classmate, like while I was in like third grade or so, like, and I was like, I don't know the pledge. Everybody says it every morning and I don't know what it is. Like, can you please teach it to me? Because like, I don't know the words. And like, I just like, I don't know what to do because no one like told me that respecting the flag was important. Um, And like little things like that, where like, I was like, at a young age, I was like, I need to learn these things to keep up with everybody, Um, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then like you said earlier, like kind of like being like, you're, you know, your immigrant parents, you're like so No, so rude, like, (laughs) yeah, no, in, in eighth grade, this guy told me that my parents have accents and I was literally an eighth grader and I was like, no, they don't. And he was like, your parents have accents. And then like, he started mocking my parents in a way that they don't sound at all. And I was Mm. like, they don't even sound Mm. like that. And he was like, your parents have accents. And I like came home and I like started to try to like, listen to how my, cause that's all I knew. Like, I was like, that's not an accent. Um, and like you like mocking my parents in a thing that doesn't sound at all like their accent, like didn't, didn't help me realize that they have an accent like yeah yeah it's so weird like that whole you know people pointing out accents like what is what I don't really understand the point of it because like everybody's everybody to some place has an accent like we have an accent if we were to go literally anywhere else in the U.S. They'd be like, you have an accent and I'd be like right back at you yeah like everybody yeah everybody has an accent there is no root and like English American are not any root and also like like the accent stuff also like hits home deeper when like there's also the, like oh some accents are deemed attractive just like some foreign people are deemed attractive whereas some traits and usually the people with those traits their accents are deemed unattractive um as well as like what like the the recent like shooting of like the six Asian women like like they like called for help and people like weren't able to decipher them because of their accents like I think that is a learning that like white people and people in general like I still need to learn other people's accents but like when an immigrant has come all the way to your country and learned to speak your language and they're like asking for help like that is not a time to be like I can't understand your accent and like to like come help them later because yeah. like you can understand what was going on yeah yeah I mean it, it, it's just like a wild it's a wild thought to just be like this whole idea of I mean not idea but like having accents and like how we we here in the U.S. we're just so, in such a bubble and like unless we are either part of that community or trying to put like put ourselves in other like in other spaces we're not gonna know um, and I feel like that was that tying it kind of back to our topic, like that's kind of what happens in PWIs is like 
these kids don't know because they are surrounded by other kids that look like themselves. And it reinstates the idea that that's what's positive and that's what's good, Mm -hmm. especially when that's what's represented in media, film, art, like, et cetera. Um, It really reinstates the idea that that is the good and like other people, well, it's, it's an age where also we're still in this age where like, ah, maybe conformity is the best thing you can do because like it's out of protection for yourself. So then people of color like diminish parts of themselves and they code switch and they like do that to try to make friends and fit in and try to like have Mm -hmm. access to opportunities that they don't feel like they deserve Mm -hmm. by inherently existing. It's, 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 it's a very weird life that we kind of grow up with in, especially when you're most of your life. Like I spent probably, I spent what, 10, 12 years of my life surrounded by those people and so you know there's always that like oh wow I gotta I gotta unlearn everything that I learned while there and then on top of it it's like you learn you learn more about other people and like other people's cultures not just your own and and yes it's very egocentric and very Mm -hmm. America heavy to just think that you are the only thing that exists yeah or or that like I think Americans recognize that more than them exist but they are so obsessed and I'm also an American like I don't know what I'm saying but like (laughs) like also obsessed with the idea that America won America first America this that like oh why would we learn about second third fourth and fifth place much much less any underdeveloped countries unless I like want to like travel there um so yeah it's a very like egocentric idea. Uh, and I mean, there's a say, you know, that saying that I, at least I heard it in AP US where they're like, oh, history is w- written by the winners. And so with that like winner mentality, the history that we're taught and like that we hear, we're just, it's all so, it's none of it includes us, even though throughout history, we have made like people of color have just made such a big, difference like if you think of it's pride month like a black trans woman was the one who really like who started stonewall um so it's it's just like that whole like you said like america first but they also are saying america first in the way that we want like in the in, um, in, in yeah yeah that is just like such an inherent idea and like no like that like I have my big gripes with like I just like how much of a textbook is real how much of anything is real and like my if we're talking about like theater and like education and like studying at PWIs like people are like oh why do we need to study the classics and I get that and I'm like I'm more interested in modern works too but then I'm like oh why am I more interested in modern works because they resonate with me correct because they're usually more people of color and like honestly likely like it won't be Indian like I'm like glad that like I'm hearing from like ah a woman of color like that's usually the best I get like rarely ever do I hear from like someone who like actually represents my identity but it's just so much closer that like that's a great thing but um I like really want to challenge this idea that the classics are old white men because it has the notion that like you think like people of color woke up 20 years ago and were like I should write yeah or like you think they woke up like 20 years ago and were like yeah i think art could be for us no you don't think like people of color were alive while shakespeare was and writing and producing and like but but america first egocentricism like says like the classics are old white men because those are the ideals um Mm -hmm. and if you don't like the books of protest burn them yeah exactly yeah that's exactly it like they they really highlight those white men yeah and they they act like no they act like yeah queer people people of color like literally just woke up 20 years ago and that's why Mm -hmm. that's why they can only be included in urban or modern texts yeah but they've i mean like you said they are the classics yeah they're also part of the classics yes yeah yes and like i like really like want to like counter that idea like yeah 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 because we've been all over the place for all the like 
the entirety of the world. Like, there are more of us than there are of them. There are more of us than there are of them. There are more of us than there are of them. Exactly. There are. Exactly. Like, it's so crazy that, you know, such a small percentage of the world was able to conquer the majority of the world and, like, have been able to write their narrative throughout history. And burn other people's. Yes, exactly. And just, like, it almost like they we disappeared. Or, never, like you said, we woke up 20 years ago. We didn't exist when we very clearly did. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, yeah. No, I have my gripes with PWIs, especially, like, teaching mm-hmm. only white literature and only, like, men-based literature and not like acknowledging the existence of queer people um or people of color um yeah 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 I mean that's why like critical race theory is such an important thing to have in schools and not just in college like you need that throughout like start that start that shit in kindergarten no absolutely and um yeah just the like the idea that you are not the only thing that like especially like no white america is not the only thing that exists and just like expanding mm. people's consciousness that culture is a beautiful thing because it takes so long to unlearn that okay i said this like literally yesterday i like came to this conclusion i was like oh i didn't grow up hating my culture i did not grow up hating my culture and i didn't grow up unable to connect with my culture i grew up hating the white American view of my culture. And therefore I thought I hated my culture. And therefore I thought I hated my features. And therefore I thought I have nothing in common with those people, which I was one of those people, but I didn't hate my culture. I hated the like white American PWI view of it, which was purely stereotypical and not research-based and not deep and not thorough and like this very surface level view. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, that's actually, that's a really good way to put it. Because I, I have that same thing where I was like, did I hate my culture growing up? But no, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's completely like this, this view of that people have of my culture. And like, and even, even if it is research-based, whatever research-based it is, a lot of research, especially if you go back, like, that's racist. Research is so racist. Oh yeah, B- BMI is racist. All of it is racist. Oh my yeah, gosh. no. It's so right. Ra- like the idea of like, uh, I think who was it? Uh, I cannot remember this anthropologist, but he did. That's he's the one who put people in categories, like African Americans are this way, or black people are this way, white people are this way, uh, Asian people are this way, and it's just like, no, that's not how. That's not how it is. <laughs> like. We are all, yeah, we all have come from different parts of the world and we have different cultures, but like the way that you categorize us is where the issue lies. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And just just seeing stereotypes is a very surface level thing. Um, And uh, yeah, no, obviously like, so then like I get to like kind of forgive past versions of myself because I'm like, if if you are told that by associating with your culture or having your identity, that means like, you're probably uglier. You're probably like no fun. Like you're at at, at, like all of these different stereotypes. Obviously I didn't want to be that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I hate myself or I hate my culture, but like, I didn't, I didn't even get the opportunity to like learn to embrace my culture without like taking space from those things and being like, I need to separate myself from these and like actually understand what, like what a beautiful treasure it is to be a part of this beautiful community. It's such a beautiful thing. Yes, yes. But it's taken away so quickly because the moment somebody sees you that the first thing they see is that. And they already put you in that category. And you have you have to, that's when you have to try and differentiate yourself. But at the same time, sometimes you at least, especially when you're young and you're wanting to fit in, like when you're trying to differentiate yourself from that culture, you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the extreme. Like, I'm going to I'm going to wear this and not eat this food and and straighten my hair and like stay out of the sun. And like, what the I'm sorry, like, please 
Um, and like act like I eat this and not tell people like important parts of my life and like, uh, yeah, no, like talk down my own mom's food. Like while, like, yes, like just ridiculous. And like my, one of my biggest things, um, as of 2020, it has taken me so long. Um, and I'm still not completely a hundred percent with it was like, I, a couple people in my life showed me that like they would learn to say my name properly. And I didn't even know that that was possible. I thought for like my whole life, I would just be Avi, 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 Avi. And like, not even like my full name, which is so beautiful. And like, this is very common. And like, especially with like Asian people, um, like, like your names. Um, and like, my name is my name is Anvatakatani and it is so beautiful. And a couple of people in my life showed me that they would take the time to respect me by learning my name and learning how to properly say it. And 2020 was like the very first year that I started like correcting people. And I was like, it's Avi. And like, I like even learned that like my nickname is intimacy between me and another person. It is not a sign of me lessening myself to make life easier and less uncomfortable for them yes yeah that's a that's actually okay I'm not gonna lie because I'm with you this this is the year where I was like not my my name is very American it's very easy to pronounce and everything um except people still say Ali wrong which it's I'm just like okay (laughs) but like like, syllables like babe come on like it's it's not that alley like that's it's not that hard but I've heard every variation under the sun but like um names are such an important part of who we are and letting people get that get that shit wrong is like it's kind of like letting people be like that part of you is not important and so it's, it's, it's really important to be like, no, I'm sorry, please say my name correctly again. Yes, correct. And like, just the idea, and like, this is so common. This is like a part of code switching in general is like, it is so like, we put it on ourselves that we are inconveniencing ourselves by demanding the same exact level of respect that everybody else has. And you put it on yourself that like, yeah, when you microaggress me and I said something about it, that was so inconsiderate. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to like start conflict. Are we okay? I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. Like, I like, I know you care about me. Like you, you can say whatever you want. If you do that, or if you like let people pronounce your name wrong or let people disrespect your culture or like anything like that, like that's like, like we, we take it upon ourselves to apologize for literally demanding the same respect. Yeah. Or even like all of those and also like if we are the ones to talk about an issue like if I've talked to somebody and I was like what you said was racist and if I'm that direct people are like that's kind of rude and I'm like and at before I'd be like um okay I'm sorry to say this but like what you said it kind of bugged me it kind of it kind of felt racist because I was trying to not inconvenience them yeah oh my god why are we trying so hard to make life easy for the people life is easier inherently for life is already like chill like yeah and if if you like what like if you pronounce the name like chelsea katie or anything like that wrong like uh oh my dad so brown you know like did not grow up around anyone with the name chloe like came to my elementary school and read it and was like Chloe he was like I've read America like like Chloe and I like I corrected him I was like it's Chloe so then he learned but like you you get told that the very first instant like it's like Mm -hmm. oh don't call me that or like I would say some words differently because I learned them from my immigrant parents and like you get told immediately that is not how you say that (laughs) it's funny that you say it that way though um like, we deserve to be able to say that. Like, no, that's not how you say it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And if we have to sit there and le- learn how to say Charlotte. Charlotte is the biggest one for me. <laughs> I'm like, what? Excuse me? Or Sean. Sean and Charlotte are the ones that have always tripped me up. Like, the spelled with, like, an S-E-A-N. And I was like, that doesn't sound... That, 
to me that's seen 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 but it's sean like if i have to sit there and learn how to say charlotte and sean correctly you get to sit here and listen to me tell you how to say well not my name but like my grandparents name yeah like say it correctly yeah and it's not an inconvenience to deserve to like to want to be respected that's not an yeah. inconvenience and to demand to be respected is self-love and it's not an inconvenience but yet we're like taught by substitute teachers we're taught by adults we're taught by teachers we're taught by like the older people in our life especially at these PWIs that like we are inconveniencing by making things about ourselves yeah and when you're the one in the room then it can feel like oh you made it all about yourself you're not taking into account your 50 peers that don't resonate with that but yeah education should be equal opportunity and that means teaching to every person which includes teaching to POC yes exactly yes speak on that because it's just so it's so important and like that's that's something where that can either like really not make or break you but it, it does shape your life and how you're going to go forward in your life. And there could be something that comes in earlier, later in life that makes you be like, okay, never mind, you're right. But like, when you're sitting there and, and teachers just read your name and go, I don't know if I can pronounce this. You're like, you can try. <laughs> like, it's just a bunch of letters put together. Like, you can try. And like, yeah, they, I, I just like, it's like the, the making their embarrassment, like fear of embarrassment for them, like the biggest thing when it's just like not about them. Like if they mess up, will you be like, no, fuck you? Or will you be like, hey, that's not how you say it. That's the yeah. worst that can happen is they're corrected. And like we're corrected all the time for like very natural yes. things too. Yes, it's it, it's just kind of part of it. Like it's a, it's a learning experience all throughout. On both, it should be a learning experience on both sides. It shouldn't be we learn and we we are trying to make them comfortable. Like we, we should, should all learn together. together. And it and it shouldn't be like one summer happens, peer pressure, uh, like occurs within that summer on social media, and you like now have like taken the time to like repost something, not to like yes. actually like read like a text, like like an informational text written by a yeah it shouldn't take that to like yeah no it shouldn't take people having to be hurt to deserve respect as a human being yeah with a different identity it, it, it we're human we're human at the end of the day we're also human like we deserve the same respect and rights that everybody else deserves or has so and that's the right to audition for that part too like yes <laughs> go go for it Ali. um yeah <laughs> yeah no for that part. yes no yeah and like just like knowing that opportunities should be of access to you mm-hmm. the same way they are to everybody else yeah exactly and like you shouldn't you shouldn't fear it because you're you're imposter syndrome oh my gosh that is so real like you shouldn't be fearing that because of you're like oh i'm i'm only smart for a brown person or or being told you only got into a school because you were supposed to up their diversity rates yeah i also have to say that like oh say it's true say i was the token person they let in so what like i feel like white people have a lot they can learn (laughs) <laughs> like you're like yeah maybe I am enhancing their education by being here so yeah. maybe it's good for all of us um yeah I don't know like that's really yeah like why diminish your accomplishments, accomplishments. yeah I don't know we put in the same work absolutely um yeah and the idea that also like it was just like Granite Bay is a very interesting place too like coming back to that because like it's a very um we're all going to go to the tanning salon while like disrespecting our brown peers place. Um, it's a very, we make fun of our Spanish teacher in Spanish class um, and then I'll go to Mexicali place um, and talk about how these hijos changed our lives. Oh um, and uh, it, no, it's tourism. No, and it's a very like, we'll go to Makuni's and like eat our sushi. Disrespect and, Japanese culture. Yeah absolutely so it's a very interesting place yeah (laughs) Um, the duality and hypocrisy is very 
very common. Very, very, yeah, it's, it's looking back now that, you know, older, I'm very far removed from it. I'm just like, y'all got away with a lot. Y'all got away with a lot. I'm, I'm going to give you that. Y'all got, away, y'all got away with that. Yeah, no, um, for sure. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That they like, yeah, and like, especially like at PWIs, like the teachers will often never fully resonate with your experience, and your peers will often fully never resonate with the, your experience, and like that is uh, very like mentally and emotionally taxing, yeah. and like thing on a human to be like, I feel misunderstood. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, 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 and. Honestly, like now thinking back, uh, you just like unlock so many memories saying that. But like the staff, because at PWIs, you know, most of the staff it are they're mainly white. But like when there are like staff members of color, um, like the chem teacher, at least when I was there, like people would. I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I I'm not, I'm I'm we're not the same ethnicity. Like we're not no not even close. But I at least felt safe around her and around the uh assistant vice principal one of them that we had when I was there um she left but like I was like I have a safe space in this in in this particular space I know for sure I am safe because you can relate to the experiences I'm facing and I know for sure that there are kids right now making fun of you because of your you have maybe an accent or like the way the way you look or and they were always called like mean or bossy and i'm like no they're women of color who need to assert their their place yeah and who like deserving respect and knowing that you deserve respect is not mean it's not bossy it's not inconveniencing absolutely not that's like self like you having self-worth is has nothing to do with other people and it is not mean controlling bossy strict Mm -hmm. like etc etc yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, just like knowing where you stand as far as like, as far, not in like people are looking down on you, but like knowing like you got this job and you, you got it because of you and your teaching abilities or your uh, assistant by principal abilities, your leadership abilities, like that's all you. And so like for other people to diminish that because they're like, oh, I just don't like the way that they talk to me grow up grow up please please grow up and realize (laughs) not everything's about you yeah yeah no so like it it makes there's like few and far in between teachers of color and like yeah no and like we should be able to feel safe in any space but like knowing that those safe spaces even exist is so important even if they're like what two on campus it's very important (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's like absolutely Yes. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, otherwise, then you just there. There's that complete isolation feeling where you're like, I have nowhere. I have nowhere to go. Nowhere to no no person that can, especially when you're in high school. Like you're so young. Your minds are used. You, you. I mean, even now, I'm 23 years old, and I still am like, I need a mentor. Somebody help. <laughs> but like, oh my god, me. Yeah. No. And like. like uh, yeah, finding, watching people find their mentors and teachers and being like, I don't really need a white man as my mentor. <laughs> like, you know, but like also like craving the community of people around you, craving the community, craving the like the mentorship, craving the connection that like mm-hmm. you would feel at a deeper level if it was representative of you. Yes. Yeah. No. Well, Granite Bay, Granite Bay did not provide that as often as I would, would have hoped. But, you know, that's why we are here and we are trying to make that change right now. Um, and just, you know, it's, it's important that our voices are heard because our voices are important. No, they're very important. Um, and like, even in like verbiage, something that I was randomly thinking about was like, like, stop calling uh people of color queer people people of any marginalized community like unheard like instead like call them unlistened to because that Mm -hmm. actually puts the responsibility on the person who isn't listening when uh people of marginalized communities have been loud 
They have been loud for a long time. They have been speaking their truth for a long time. They have been powerful. They have been taking up space, but like just the fact that like it's unlistened to, it's not unheard. Yeah. It's like you hear something in the back, but you decide nothing like to like not acknowledge it. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that, that is a really good way to put it. So thank you for saying that. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> yeah, no, I ju- it's just like it puts the responsibility on the person who should be doing the listening. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. rather than the person to make your voice louder, take a stronger stance. We've been loud this whole time. We've been so freaking loud this whole time. Correct. We honestly, um, we deserve a seat yeah, at the table. We deserve to be. We've been trying to We've been pulling those chairs up so for so long. <laughs> Absolutely. And I just like I say we we create our own table. Um it's just so hard when like some tables have more money, some tables have more resources, some tables have a bigger audience, some tables have more respect, but like and some tables have institutions that benefit them more. Absolutely. Yeah. And that that's where like funds and resources and like yeah. just like overall like societal support like comes in yeah. too yeah. yeah well I thank you this was such a fun little conversation we had um thank you so much for taking the time to be here I I am so grateful that I got to discuss this with you and share space with you because this this is an important topic to talk about absolutely yeah I thank you so much for having me I like felt a serious like lack of community when I was at Granite Bay and even like living like having to move back home and like living here now um so it's it's nice to know that you exist and that like no there are people like who shared that similar experience with me whether or not we talked about it while we were living it so I really appreciate this yeah of course well um yeah I really appreciate this thank you so much for taking time and thank you to all of you who are listening and watching this interview um on the very first episode of speak up brown girl yay there will be more so tune in next week possibly (laughs) 